This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Ann Nicholson-Weber, and my guests are four members of the recently defunct company New Leaf Theater. We have Jessica Hutchinson, who was the artistic director, Eleanor Hyde, the managing director, Michelle Lilly, resident scene designer, and Nick Keenan, resident sound designer. And I thought it would be interesting to do essentially a post-mortem of uh, what was a, a wonderful um, small kind of not exactly storefront com- uh, company because you weren't in the storefront, but it was a storefront type company. Um, their most recent uh, production was Tom Stoppard's Arcadia, which they produced at the Lincoln Park Cultural Center, where I think all of your work was done, or was that, yeah? Mm-hmm. Almost um, entirely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it awesome. was a, a wonderful swan song because that was really a, an extraordinary uh, production. So I just like to hear. Um, essentially, why, when you were doing such great work, you're disbanding? And maybe the place to start, though, is how you came together and kind of what your mission was, and then what were the the uh, obstacles and the challenges over the time? How long, uh, Jessica, were you in business, so to speak? Uh, it was 11 years, but nobody uh, at this table or who was part of the company when it closed were founding members. Mm. Uh, but Nick is our senior statesman. Um, <laughs> uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the, how things started, yeah, our so origin story? The, the company really formed because of the relationship with the Lincoln Park Cultural Center. And it's, um, it's one of two, two theaters in Chicago that have a really close relationship with the park district, mm-hmm. uh, the other one being Albany Park Theater Project. Um, so basically this small company, a band of, of folks, which originally, um, included folks like Bill Highland, um, uh, eventually, uh, I think one of our first directors was Brandon Bruce, who's now artistic director of, um, Straw Dog and Brandon Ray, who was artistic director of Newly for quite a while. And the company was lucky enough in its early days to develop a relationship with Cindy Jaros, who is the head of the Lincoln Park, uh, cultural center. She's retiring now. Uh, and so because of that opportunity, New Leaf was able to basically produce without paying a lot of rent. Mm. Um, the, the, the dirty little secret of New Leaf is that for the entire time that we've been at the LPCC, um, our rent has been 50% of our ticket sales, which means we were able to take a lot of artistic risks. Mm-hmm. And then if those artistic risks didn't pay off, pay out, we were basically still a mm-hmm. solvent. Right. Um, so through that, we had this space, the space had obviously limitations. If, if someone hasn't been to the LPCC, um, it has wood paneled walls and a fireplace in it and a chandelier and a dome, which is really, really nice. But then every production has this chandelier in it and you sort of have limited electrical power. Oh, so limited. (laughs) Um, Speaking as the sound designer, that was heartfelt. (laughs) The limitations are pretty close. If somebody plugs their iPhone in, in the next room, it can like throw everything out. Uh, and similarly for set, there's some limitations in that you can't um, secure scenery pieces to the historic walls. Or walls. Floor. Usually it, it was a challenge to find out how we could support walls and scenery if that was called for mm. without being able to secure them to anything and still have them be safe and look like something. Right. So over the course of those 11 years... You get what you pay for, basically, is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a way well, that but you could... What's, what's interesting, and I think it's, it's very common with storefront theater, is that 
those over the course of 11 years, we got very good at solving those challenges in different ways and pushing the limits of the space. And the, and at, by the end of it, the challenges that the space presented defined the ability of the company. Um, and I think we became better artists because we had to deal with those limitations in creative ways. And we talked a lot. I mean, it just talks a lot about the way in which having this space where we could rehearse and perform allowed us to sort of bake the work into the space. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the opposite was also true, that that space and that relationship with the space in many ways came to define the company. Mm -hmm. It, It... we got really, really good at working in that space and that kind of percolated out to a lot of other things that we were good at. Um, you know, we were very good at sol- creatively solving problems with very little money and embracing, mm-hmm. embracing the reality of the space mm-hmm. we were in mm-hmm. and working with it. And, yeah. um, so Jess, how long were you artistic director? Five years, almost exactly. Five and years. It, it almost feels to me like that was a, um, that's the company that we're talking about. It seems like it was a different entity almost. Is that wrong? Do you disagree with that? It, there was a shared mission between the two. The mission mm-hmm. evolved in the f- in the sort of first incarnation. And yeah, I would agree. It, it in some ways was a very different company and it felt very different. But the shared mission was, um, and uh, help me out with this, guys, because I'm going to get it wrong um, or slightly wrong, was to uh, create intimate, animate experiences that renew artist and audience. And that sense of renewal sort of permeates everything that we did before and and especially after Jess as well. Mm-hmm. I think the people who stayed on with the company connected with that mission and so then by the end of it everybody was there to serve that that mission. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's why we are um a company that had the operating budget size that we do that had the limitations that we did um, had no founders left, that this has never been a company that's uh, um, personality-driven or mm-hmm. um, is about one artist's work. It's been um, mission-driven since uh, the rearticulation of that mission happened in 04. Yeah. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the things that initially drew me to the company was this um, was this mission statement that was so unlike anything I'd heard before mm-hmm. um, and also this group of people that is unlike anything I've seen before yes. well so so maybe it would make sense just quickly for each of you to talk about how you came to the company and what you found and from your lens what new leaf was so maybe just start I don't know, Nick and go that way around the table. Sure. I, I joined uh, uh, the company. I, I basically answered a job in uh, uh, backstagejobs.com um, looking for a sound designer when I first moved to town in 2003. Um, and I walked in and saw the walls and saw the lack of speakers and <laughs> saw the chandelier. And we were putting on a, um, a set of one acts that were actually all written by Brandon Ray. Um, and... I think it was one of my, like my second interview in town. Um, so I was a very, very young artist at the time. Um, I think Jared was, uh, interviewing kind of at the same time. So Jared and I both joined the company at the same time and we produced this series of one acts. Actually, midway through it, my wife, uh, my now wife, Marnie, uh, Keenan, um, came, moved to town as well. And 
the show needed a stage manager because they didn't really even have a production manager at that point. So I was like, I have a girlfriend. Uh, and <laughs> Marnie like literally like got into town and started stage managing that night. Um, She's got a great story about stopping between the airport and the LPCC to buy pencils. <laughs> that like she like walked off the airplane into a newly rehearsal and then has been there ever since like that like yeah. that was how i felt when she told me that story right. so you so you just answered an ad and came and never left essentially is that exactly right? like after that first production um the company you know and i think this is a common thing with a lot of storefront theater companies is how do you build your company like who who do you invite in and who do you who do you want to stay? Mm-hmm. And I I I felt very welcomed by every, all the founders and um they invited me to stay and then I stayed. And so then you also had a voice in I mean was it a company at that point that worked as a uh, an ensemble choosing repertoire and so forth or Absolutely. I think it was it was v- very unstructured at that point. Mm-hmm. But um the one thing that was very much the case is that the whole company had a say in things. Mm-hmm. There was different weights to what everybody could say, but um, at that point, like there wasn't there wasn't a single auteur who was calling the shots. Right, right. So, how about Michelle? What was your? I uh, did a show with Marsha Harmon, who was our business manager and uh, also an actor. She acted in many, many of our productions. She and I worked together on a show that was a lifeline theater and Griffin theater combination, the stinky cheese man and other fairly stupid tales. And so she and I got to know each other that way. And she was already a new leaf company member. So when they were looking for a stage manager for the dining room in 2007, she recommended me and I worked with new leaf on that show. And then they asked me to scene design. I was trying to transition into scene design from stage management. Mm -hmm. Um, so they asked me to, Scene design Girl in the Goldfish Bowl, which was the next show in that season, uh, and then invited me to be a company member. And by then, I, I had already decided that this was uh, the best that I had come across yet, and still is the best that I have come across uh, in terms of company and what they're like to work with. And so I, I, you know, I immediately said yes. I felt like uh, I felt like I could be at home with these people and with this company and in that room, and. I remember my interview with Jess um, for the dining room, and I remember she said one of the things that she said is she asked me a little bit about what I had done in the past in the city, and I sort of told her, and I think that I had had some frustrating experiences because I was very new to the city and new to, um, you know, what my role was supposed to be as a stage manager at that time, and so I had had some. Um, I was I was kind of in a, a place where I was. Uh, feeling burnt out. I feel like I say that all the time, but <laughs> I was also at that point feeling burnt out. And Jess was saying, well, New Leaf is, is a lot about renewal. And I remember thinking, really? Okay, I'll take you up on that challenge. <laughs> Let's see if you can renew me. Let's see if you can, because I wonder what that's like. And I wasn't, I was, um, I think I had a healthy skepticism about it and not mm-hmm. like I thought you were you know, full of crap or something. But uh, I was I was intrigued and curious as to how that worked. And um, it wasn't until I worked with you guys that I realized that that was totally true. And not to say that all of our processes are always easy or always go exactly the way we want them to, but I definitely felt renewed by this company, by every show, even when we had hard times, I think. Um, it is, it is a, since it's, the thing about it is since it's the mission, I feel like for the most part, that's kind of everybody's number one um, 
priority is to make sure that renewal is happening on every level. And that's a challenge to do, as we know. Um, but, but since I think everybody was always thinking about that as the most important thing, we, for the most part, I think we succeeded across the board. And can you put some um, flesh on those bones, so to speak? I mean, you had been working in other companies and you come to New Leaf. What like specifically was different? Or there was, uh, what I noticed is this quality of collaboration that I didn't, I don't always see at other, at other companies or in other processes. Mm -hmm. Um, theater is a collaborative venture. So it seems silly to say some theaters don't collaborate very well, but there, there was something about sitting in the room with everybody and the way that everyone, including myself as the stage manager at that time, who was not a company member, I was invited to have an opinion about the process. And I was, you know, invited to, to speak my mind if I wanted to about the concept and how we were presenting this, you know, this show. Uh, and, and, I, and I just, it felt like everyone in the room felt like family, like felt like they were welcome and an essential part of the process. Was uh, was Jess facilitating those sessions? Is that the person who you might point to as creating that culture? I mean, that maybe. I I think I think that Jess, especially for most of the shows, you were the director of the ones that I worked on. Uh, so I think yes, she was spearheading that. But I think it was also a whole company. I don't know that it's something that one person could carry on their own. Mm -hmm. It's something that the whole company had to be on board with for it to work. And that's the difference, I think, with New Leaf, is that I, you can work on a process where, like, the director is interested in collaboration, but if the rest of the team doesn't feel like they're welcome to make a comment or to add to the world mm -hmm. that you're trying to create, then you th the thing kind of falls apart. Yeah. That kind of, I mean, uh, that kind of collaboration, almost committee art, and that maybe you wouldn't agree with that characterization, but it can be really exhausting. And um, so I'm interested if there's any way to characterize how you do it in a healthy way that's renewing as opposed to a way that just feels like this group is spinning their wheels and we spend all this time and nothing gets done, you know, that kind of feeling that can happen. Because we did it that way because that's where the best art for us in this time came from. Mm. Um, without question. I mean, it was how we chose shows. It was how we chose, uh, how we zoomed in on concept. And yeah, it takes more time and it's hard. And um, sometimes we have to walk away from it for a minute and um, kind of chew on like, why did that why did that thing that my, uh, that, that collaborator said really get under my skin and why did it bother me? Well, it bothered me because, um, bothered me because they're right and there's a hole in my concept here. And thank God there was a culture in the room where that person felt empowered to say that thing because now my work is better. Right. It's not in front of the audience that you discover the hole. <laughs> it's yeah. Now. Yeah. And I think that that, um, sometimes, and I don't know if, uh, I don't know what to point to with this, but I think sometimes there can be um, a, f uh, a desire to be polite and not um, step on other people's artistic toes that gets in the way of the work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I can give you a for instance about the dining room, and I think this is a great example of like what the way we approached work that's that's distinct from other other companies and other processes, especially like 
the way it's supposed to be done. The way it's supposed to be done is the director calls the shots. Everybody asks the director, hey, should we do it this way? And they, when you actually get into the room, there aren't a lot of side conversations happening. Mm-hmm. In the New Leaf process, and, and I think we established a language and a, and a trust with each other. Um, so in the dining room, the core concept of the dining room, I don't know if you know this play, but basically there's a lot of props in it. There's mm-hmm. like finger bowls and everybody's polishing silver all the time and there's newspapers and there's a lot of stuff to manage. Mm-hmm. It's also a lot of expensive stuff and we're dealing with a budget that's I think a props budget of about a hundred dollars. And so we're like, uh, okay, how do we get finger bowls for that's going to be 50 bucks and then we're going to have 50 bucks left. Uh, <laughs> what do we else. do? Right. So Jared and Jess basically go to the bar and mm-hmm. they're thinking about it and they're like, the story's not about the props. The story's about the families. Mm-hmm. The stories are about the relationships. Cut the props. Well, how do we tell the story without the props? Well, let's think about this for a second. What if the props are ghost props? What if they're there, but they you don't see them? People interact with them and they hear them. So that's Mm. an expansive Mm. idea and there's a lot of implications to it. And then suddenly we have a lot of small little problems to solve, but the core problem that Mm. sort of like key concept is in place and everybody's like, oh, that's going to work. Something, it's going to be risky, but it's going to work. So like in practice, what ends up, ends up happening? We have a very, we have a, a limited resource of time. To manage uh, one of the other challenges of working in the LPCC, yes, you have the space that you're rehearsing in, so you don't have to like move spaces mid mid rehearsal. You can mm-hmm. actually use the thing, but all of our rehearsals are maximum three hours long because the space everybody is available at six and the space closes at nine. Uh-huh. So, so no going till two in the morning to finish. It's and just you can't work on Fridays and you can't work on Sundays because the entire space is closed. Mm. So in that very very limited resource of time. Mm. Jess is creating the culture and the story with the actors. The designers are sort of listening to that conversation as it goes on. I'm in the corner with Michelle Mm. and I've created all of these sort of sound effects and there's a speaker under the table that creates fork sounds (laughs) and I'm working with Michelle to be like the the stage manager at that time. time, And Michelle has like all of these buttons that are like, great. When someone picks up a fork, I press this button. When someone picks up this, I, when Mm. they, open this newspaper, uh, this newspaper sound happens. So these side conversations are happening and we're developing the work together in an appropriate way. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling Michelle anything that contradicts things that Jess is saying, but we have multiple people who are managing the concept and it's not all going through this one person. It's not the director, it's the hub. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So when, when you actually work and develop trust between designers, crew, cast, and director, everybody can be developing the concept at the same time, but you're not funneling and bottlenecking the process Mm -hmm. through one person. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between it, because I would say the director is still the... I mean, it's still Jess's job to make sure it all fits together. Jess still holds the, the, um, the overarching concept, you know, in her head and make sure that every, everybody's on the same page and get in making it work together. So in the sense, the director is still the hub. It's right. just the process is a, it's just a little bit, it's different. It's less, it's, it's more about more the, the concept creation <laughs> is more, yeah, is more of a group. Mm-hmm. And I think it ties back into um, what we talked about earlier about the space presenting limitations. Yeah. And I wanted to unpack it a little bit to say that 
the reason that the space limitations made us better artists is because every time we'd say, oh, we can't solve a problem by Sometimes it's we can't solve a problem by spending money, but also we can't solve a problem by screwing this thing into the wall or building this piece or doing this. And so the way that we solve those problems is by going back to our concept, going back to like what we always said is, okay, what is the story we're telling? Mm -hmm. What is the story we're telling to the audience? And what is the problem we're trying to solve in the moment? And how do we answer that question by asking, where did we start from? So I felt like what was remarkable to me as I got more into the processes with New Leaf is that unlike a lot of other companies, New Leaf designers uh, and the, the, the whole production team kept going back to the core mm-hmm. throughout the process and just kept saying, what story are we telling? How are we telling it? What is, what is our concept? And so I feel like constantly reconnecting with our, with our original intentions is what kept our, our shows, I think, very, um, seamless and connected and and uh, that they worked conceptually and i think we we pretty standardly did very coherent. conceptual shows and coherent co- is the word word that was leaping to my mm-hmm. mind There's, yeah. your work was very coherent and i and and what i think i heard you just say was that each artist instead of just saying well how about this to jess and jess decides does that fit you're all applying a standard that you've agreed on as to what would work what you're trying to do and you're doing some of that work yourselves rather than turning to Jess. Quickly, let's try to get yeah. around the table. Yeah, I was actually, I was going to say, it's interesting sitting here and I love hanging out and talking to this, these guys. Like this is, this, this is why I ended up with the company. Like this is so much fun for me to like sit here and listen to you all talk. Um, but it's really, I think it, it's illuminating to kind of when we all sit down at a table together, we could talk about how we make work for hours and hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And we have not yet gotten to any of the conversation about how we ran a company. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really a core, like that, that is the sin of omission that led to the story of why we made the choice to stop making work. Okay, so explain um, that. So my role in the company, I'm the managing director, or right. was the managing this director. This is Eleanor. Um, yeah. And, um, I have been with the company the shortest amount of time of anybody sitting here. I have been with the company for, uh, about two years and it's really, you know, I come from, I come from that business background, that business side of how you run a theater company. And, um, I think the, like the core challenge that I found when I came to New Leaf is this team makes exceptional work on the stage is really good at that um, and makes beautiful, coherent, complex plays mm-hmm. um, and is really good at building a, a culture where artists can come in and, and do their very best work. Um, those skills are not immediately transferable to uh, building an audience or developing a, a – bench of individual donors Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, convincing grantors to give you big piles of money. And Mm -hmm. we did that last one though. Sometimes. Yes. Occasionally we were, (laughs) occasionally we actually did quite well at getting, um, granting organizations to give us big piles of money. Uh, Uh, (laughs) there, there, a couple of us, the, those skills are transferable to grant writing. Um, right. But with words, (laughs) tell a story, uh right. Uh, 
But so that that has been this really fascinating dichotomy where I think what the general public saw of New Leaf was this really exciting work we were putting on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and what people very rarely saw was our, you know, our balance sheet and our uh, marketing mailing list and the things behind the scenes that are really on some level, like those things turn out to be just as important as really, really solid work and a clear mission right. in building a company that can sustain. Right. Um, you always want to believe if you just do something great, they'll all come and it'll all work out. And sometimes and that's, that's true, but not, not all not the time. As simple as that. <laughs> no, you have yeah. to do the great work. And you also have but. to do a lot of legwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to do a lot of institution building and handshaking mm-hmm. and and it's really hard work. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it, you know, one of the things I really appreciate about this team is there was nobody, nobody was uh, naive about the fact that that's hard work yeah. and that it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And not just with the limitations of the LPCC, but with the limitations of real life, um, time is a huge right. limiting resource. Uh, we at one point in the time I've been with the company got a really big grant, which was very exciting. Um, got this big fat check. It's totally awesome. And I remember very quickly coming to realize that m- in this world that we work in, money does not equal time. Mm-hmm. It is not the same thing. Um, Unless you have a lot of money, right? And you if can you hire have, more people. if you have a great deal of money yeah. for it to equal time, there's mm-hmm. like there's some graph and there's a turning point. Right. Yeah, you know, I could probably draw it, but right. unless you've got enough money that you can hire staff, an extra ten thousand dollars does not equate to more time right. in your company, and and that's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, apparently, when I think we had to kind of learn that in a really real way actually um so you know this the discussion to the decision to close and the discussion about how to do that and and whatnot was a really long and difficult one well what Mm -hmm. was the um just before before we go to the closing is there anything you want to add to the what the company was that hasn't been said because we went around the table and never Hit Never hit that. the artistic director. Right. <laughs> um, no, I think what's wonderful about what the company was is that it doesn't require my voice to define it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have to just observe that in general, when things end, there's some bitterness and acrimony. In general, to bring mm-hmm. together four people who were involved in an ongoing enterprise that has now ended. Mm-hmm. Now, you didn't quote fail; you made a choice, yes. but still. I think it, it's perhaps indicative of the type of group you were, that you can all be here and have a shared story about what happened. Mm-hmm. So so if you're, then let's go to what happened. With you. And here we will pause. Part two of this interview will be posted for next week's podcast, and we hope you can join us then. Mm-hmm.